Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 971 FM Talk Podcast. Well, good morning to you. Welcome into the Mark Cox Morning Show. Uh, we're going to say a quick prayer here before we get started that Mark's voice hangs on throughout the show today because I, I don't know what's going on. Some Something's going on in my um, sinuses, I think. So uh, we're just going to keep our fingers crossed. Been coughing a little bit this morning. Going to try to avoid that on the air. And hopefully um, we can uh, we can get through the four-hour broadcast this morning. Hopefully everybody else is uh, is doing okay. I'm going to be praying for your voice well, as well, Mark. Thank you. Thank you. Why is that exactly? Because you should have heard her when she came in today. <clears throat> Uh-oh. I was, I was just tired. Oh. It was one of those things where you're driving to work and you're like, you keep your eyes open, keep them open. You know, you, like, you do the long blink. Oh, yeah. That's it dangerous. Like, it was one of those. Particularly at this hour. that When you wake up on this shift and all you can think about from the minute your eyes open is when you can crawl back into the bed <laughs> and take a nap. Especially seeing my husband still in bed and I'm like, oh, my gosh, how much money I would pay to jump back in the bed right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, I... It, folks, it it's it's been cold for the last couple of days, but this morning it's what four degrees, three degrees. I think it said twelve, which is an improvement from yesterday. Did you see the high today? Yeah, it's going to feel like a heat wave. I know. I said break out the tank top and shorts because, in fact, I was just saying this to Colin, um, who d- does security for us out front, and, and I was saying in Iowa when it would be like negative 20 actual temperature, when you would finally hit 30 degrees, I'm not exaggerating, you would see people in shorts and short sleeve <laughs> shirts because it truly felt like a heat wave. Oh, did you see the people shoveling snow at the uh-huh. Buffalo Bills game? Yes. I did, without a shirt on. Without shirts? That's okay, insane. I didn't see that, but I, th- I thought I saw somewhere. Oh, it was and the shorts. Chiefs game. Okay, the Chiefs game, though, I saw like over a dozen people were taken to the hospital. Fifteen people were taken. For hypothermia and frostbite. Wow. Yeah, you just, you can't fix stupid. I, I'm sorry. But I, I was shocked at the players that didn't wear anything on their arms. Just like to prove I know. a point. Yeah, what, you're trying to like prove you're tough. Fantastic, you're in the NFL. I think we can say you're tough. Yeah, you're tough at that point. We we know that. I'm just going to say there's a stiff wind outside this morning. So in addition to being ten or eleven degrees, I I'm, I'm betting it's below zero just because of that wind. Yeah, so negative just to, one is the feel like. Yeah, be careful like out there. But it's so. thirteen. Oh, it's, it says it's 13, but it didn't feel that warm out there to me this morning. It felt the same the as wind. yesterday when I it know. was two degrees. I know, very so. much so. So um, I I was flipping around the uh, the news channels last night, and, of course, all the speculations on New Hampshire. They're all mad that there's not going to at least DeSantis is mad there's not going to be a debate. And because Vivek and Trump appeared on the same stage, 
there's now the speculation that he's going to be the vice presidential candidate. Nonsense. That that is not going to happen. I, I, I not for a minute do I believe that Vivek Ramaswamy will be the VP. I agree. I think no. he could be have some role in his cabinet, but I I do not think it's going to be a VP position. No, I, I don't think so. And uh, you know, I saw Byron Donalds up there. I think he he would be a, a great option. Although he's also from Florida, which is a problem. Um, Tim Scott has been silent, radio silent. I don't know when he comes back into the equation. I saw Christy Noem tweeting yesterday, not about VP, but you got to figure she's still out there somewhere. Um, so lot, lots of speculation on who it might be. Who it might doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Here, here's the bottom line about what happened in Iowa. This race is over, and Nikki Haley and Ron DeSantis both need to step aside and and let it happen. Because the fact that the two of them are hanging on like vultures in the hopes that Trump gets taken out by the Democrats really pisses me off. I mean, they're, they're like vultures waiting in the background. Um, you know, if, if, if something like that was to happen, which I'm not convinced it will, but if something like that was to happen, there's nothing to stop one of the two of them from coming back at the convention in August and getting the, the delegates assigned to them that they would need the votes to be the candidate. I don't I don't want Nikki Haley to be the candidate. Don't get me wrong. But the mainstream media is going to play this like it's a contest when there's a 30-point difference between the front runner and the two also-rans. I agree. I think it's time for them to drop out. However, kind of commenting on what you were saying, I, I just wonder if their concern is that they would lose momentum if they essentially dropped out now and then let's just play that scenario out that something does happen to Trunk with Trunk. I was going to say Trump with all these legal battles and that came out Trunk. Uh, let's just say something does happen to Trump and he, he can't run anymore. I, I don't know. Maybe they're they're feeling like it's it's a day late and a dollar short at that point do, to jump do back they, in. Do they need momentum? I, I I I don't know. I just I'm not sure that's that's really a thing. I think it's it's driven by ego and it's also driven by if you didn't see the the um, Tucker Carlson episode yesterday, you need to go watch it. I, I don't want to take you away from this show, but at some point today, you need to go to X and watch that episode that that uh, Tucker put out. It's eye-opening. It's eye-opening on who's paying for Nikki Haley's campaign right now. It's not Republicans, just so you know. I mean, sure, the Koch brothers are helping pay for it, but it's not solely Republican money. Huge Democrat Joe Biden donors are bankrolling Nikki Haley, and there's a reason for that. And that's what you got to wake up to. Uh, so thank you to Tucker for once again pointing out who some of the players are behind the scenes and, and what's going on here. I'll play some of that for you throughout the morning so you can hear some of the snippets from uh, Tucker. But right now, Carl, let's get to the shortlist, please. The Mark Cox Shortlist. Under the Trump administration, we had the greatest economy in the history of the world with record low unemployment rates for African-Americans, Hispanic-Americans. That's what he needs to focus on right there. Donald Trump just needs to keep repeating that over and over and over again as he moves forward. And this race will be over. 
We've never been a racist country. Our goal is to make sure that today is better than yesterday. Are we perfect? No. I know I faced racism when I was growing up. Yeah, Nikki Haley uh, responding to Joy Reid, who was wearing a Donald Trump hairpiece the other night on MSNBC, criticizing her, blaming her loss in Iowa on racism. She's still a brown lady that's got to try to win in a party that is deeply anti-immigrant and which accepts the notion that you can say immigrants are poisoning the blood of our country. I I don't even know what to say. Joy Reid is so far left, uh, she has fallen off the edge of the earth. Tyree Beard was among the dozens of Tesla owners trying desperately to power up their cars at this Tesla supercharging station in Oak Brook. I love that story. In the background of what's going on in Davos, Switzerland, you know, I played that bite for you yesterday from the World Economic Forum where that reporter chased down John F. Kerry and was quizzing him on his carbon footprint. And of course, that really makes John Kerry mad because you you don't understand I'm more important than you, says John Kerry. I'm doing important work. I need to be able to get in my Gulf Stream and fly around the world and lecture poor people on not using uh, fossil fuels, right? So in the, with that as the background, with he and Al Gore at Davos criticizing you for daring to use fossil fuels, we don't even have to make the argument against going to all electric cars anymore. The, the Mother Nature did it for us yesterday, mm-hmm. this week. See that story? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it's like it's like a robot junkyard is what one of the attendants said. And if you if you haven't seen the story, I'm going to play a little bit of it here for you. But here's what you just need to envision. Electric cars have to be put on the back of a diesel truck and towed to another charging station to see if they can get enough charge to get them home because electric cars run out of battery really quickly when it's below zero. Thanks, Elon. Now, how do you fix that problem moving forward? I don't know. What The, the point is it's not ready for prime time. Fox and Friends, our friend Todd Pyro, had one of the ladies that you hear in this uh, story on the show live this morning talking about it. She's a big Tesla fan. She loves her Tesla. But she admits this proves it's not ready for prime time. It's not ready for prime time. Go to uh, go to cut 12 for us, Carl, please. Nothing, no juice. It's still on 0%. And this is like three hours this morning being out here. After being out here eight hours yesterday. Tyree Beard was among the dozens of Tesla owners trying desperately to power up their cars at this Tesla supercharging station in Oak Brook. A scene mirrored with long lines and abandoned cars at scores of other charging stations around the Chicago area. Man, this is crazy. It's, it's, it's a disaster. Seriously. Just, oh, we got a bunch of dead robots out here. Dead robots. <laughs> this is your car? Yeah. But it was no laughing matter to people like Kevin Sumrack, who landed at O'Hare last night to find his Tesla dead, forcing him to hire a flatbed tow truck to try to find a working charging station. So I can get back to Indiana. But you can't find one that's charging or working? Either working or doesn't have cars sitting, um, still plugged in. You've been here since when? 5 p.m. yesterday. 
So 20 hours or so. Yeah, about. It, 20, so you see the problem, right? You, just so people understand the problem. We're, we're not making this up. You, you see the problem. The, the, the problem is that this guy f- parked his Tesla, fully charged, flew out of town, came back, and because of the cold weather, it had drained, mm-hmm. right? He's in the middle of a parking lot. There's no charger within sight. And even if you can find a charger, I was reading in one of these articles, it, it, it really is hard to get a quick charge because of these cold temperatures. So right. it, it's going to die quickly on you and then take a very long time to charge up. You have to pre-charge or you have to prepare the battery to take the quick charge, whatever the hell that means. Mm-hmm. What are we doing? Yeah. Why isn't somebody taking this footage to the White House and saying to Joe Biden, are you nuts? This is one more reason you've got to elect Donald Trump this year in November so they can turn all these stupid policies around. They're going to kill us. They're going to kill our economy is what they're going to do. Let's get to a quick break. I've gone too long here. Uh, We'll get to uh, a lot of other stuff, including Kim on a whim, coming up right after our national anthem. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Tesla did not respond to any of our emails or calls, but an automobile expert we talked to says there are some things that EV owners can do when it gets this brutally cold. It's moving anyway. It's moving. Like any new technology, Dane, there's a learning curve. Mark Bielek of the Chicago Auto Trade Association says all EVs can have problems dealing with extreme cold and says it's important for drivers to hit their preconditioning button before they charge their battery. It's not plug and go. Um, you have to precondition the battery, meaning that you have to get the battery up to the optimal temperature to accept the fast charge. We have had extraordinary cold, but is this acceptable? No, not at all. I mean, pay a premium price for these Teslas. In Oak Brook, Dane Placco, Fox 32 Chicago. What a disaster that was. No kidding. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And then it's so cold to have to abandon your car. You yeah, know? especially, I mean, make sure you're prepared out there. I, my husband caught me just, mm-hmm. like, last week. He says, you got to have a coat in your car. And a blanket. And, yes, yeah. just in case, because you never really know, right? right? All right, so temperatures out there today yeah, were not, very, not, very cold. We're dealing with the coldest air okay, mass that not, we've not, been... Not if you have an internal combustion engine with gas in the tank. <laughs> What, did, did the news anchors just gloss over that problem at the end? Well, at least they said it was a mess. My goodness. Let's, can we just have some honesty out of the media on that? I mean, I'm glad they went out and reported on it. Mm-hmm. D- did you know that if you have a Tesla, you have to precondition the battery to take the rapid charge? What if the battery's dead? I've never even heard that term, preconditioning a battery. Well, you're about to. I'm never going to get a Tesla. Well, you're going to have to. I would to. never get an EV. You. They're going to force you to do it. I don't think it's. They, I, I, I really don't think that's actually going to happen. I think that people are going to have their eyes open to some of these things like this that are happening and see that, like you said earlier, it's that they're not ready. There's going to be a revolt in this country. And, and I mentioned this last week, and I'll mention it again for those of you that didn't hear me say it. 
I had an opportunity to spend some time with a guy that that uh, runs a local car dealership empire, and uh, he's got a, several different brands that that are part of his dealership. He he said this is going to be the death of dozens of small car dealerships across the country because they're forced to take these EVs by the manufacturers and nobody's buying them and they're just sitting on the lot. And he said, at some point, if, if heaven forbid, these policies don't get reversed and all they're churning out at the, at the deal at the plant are EVs. Uh, these these deals are going to go out of business because nobody will buy the cars. They're too expensive. They're not reliable, you, as you see here. He said a lot of them will abandon whatever brand is on their dealership, GM, Ford, whatever, and they'll just start selling used cars. Mm -hmm. Because at that point, everybody will want to buy a car that runs, which will be one with an internal combustion engine and not an EV. Yeah. So what's going to happen to next? What's the logical progression here? They will at some point try to phase out internal combustion engines. They won't let you license them anymore. They won't let you – they'll pull you over if they catch you driving one. I mean, see, I, I, I don't can think see police... that it, – that's the ultimate conclusion of what they're going to do. But I think it's going to be like Illinois where a lot of these, pe these police officers are saying uh, we're not going to, uh, you know – follow what they're wanting us to do with these guns, right? With these assault yeah. weapons, so to speak. I don't think that it would be police that would pull people over, but I think if you went to try to say renew your plates, that's where they would get you. And say we're yeah. not we're not going to renew your registration. Maybe until you can, have an EV. I, I would say, ooh, ooh, can I get me one of those temporary tags? <laughs> because clearly it doesn't matter if you I, have a temp tag or an expired <laughs> tag or maybe even no tag. Just drive Welcome forever. to Missouri folks. All right, coming up, we'll get to uh, Kim on a whim. And then a little later, we're going to talk to Congressman Eric Burleson, see what he thinks about Mike Johnson and this deal he's made with Chuck Schumer. We'll be back in just a minute. Kim on a whim. I have to give a quick shout out to Uncle Pat this morning because I was with him yesterday. So this is my husband's uncle, All right. Pat Riley. And right. he told me that he listens every single morning. He's on his way to work around 5 a.m., so he catches Kim on a whim. Very he, he nice. He actually knows you from your days at KMOV. Wow. Thank you, Pat. And That's yeah, awesome. he, he says he loves the show. So that was really cool. It's fun having my family be able to listen. Yeah, it my really relatives, is nice. My in laws. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's really neat. Love, love to hear that. That's great. Okay. I, I have been following this whole situation with the FAA and what they're trying to do to be more inclusive and PC. Have you been following their diversity and inclusion hiring plan i saw this story yesterday for the first time i believe i've got printed out somewhere in my stack mm -hmm. let me for anyone who's not up on this let me fill you in so the faa's diversity and inclusion plan described wanting to target people with severe disabilities making sure that they are hired of course this is under the the fantastic leadership of none other than pete Buttigieg. oh my gosh he wants to work to recruit, hire, promote, retain, and develop employees with disabilities, uh, and including, uh, I mean, Not all kinds of like, pilots. like, well, I, I don't really know exactly what it is, but it includes hearing, vision, missing extremities, partial paralysis, complete paralysis, epilepsy, severe intellectual disability. I mean, like dwarfism, like 
all kinds of things basically they're prioritizing. Now, let me be clear. I have no issue with hiring people like that. It's not about that. It doesn't mean that they're not going to be very talented at their job. But let me just be clear, too, when I say somebody who is four feet tall probably can't be a pilot. Right? I wouldn't think so. Your, don't your feet have to touch pedals? I would I would hope that the pilot who's flying my plane that I'm on in the future could <clears throat> could reach all the pedals or necessary controls to safely fly the plane. But but the, it's even that should even be a moot point, right? You should not hire anybody to fly a plane who's not qualified to fly the plane. Yeah. And so in other words, don't hire me because of the color of my skin. Hire me because I have the ability to do the job. Yeah. That's that's all we want. You don't want your brain surgeon to to have a medical degree because the medical school felt they had to fill a certain quota. Mm-hmm. You want the smartest person in the world to mm-hmm. be operating on your brain. Exactly. I don't I care mean, what color they are. Who was it? Joy Reid, who was trying to claim that Nikki Haley is in third in Iowa, the Iowa caucuses, because she's brown. Yes. But get out of here. That That is so preposterous to try to suggest that. I'm so tired of everybody making everything about race. We just want someone who is qualified. My gosh, I don't care if they're purple or blue or black or yellow or striped. I yes, don't care. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. You have white privilege, Kim. Oh, forgot That's about that. You're right. I want to make a public apology for me being so privileged. How dare I? Listen to this video, okay? This is a parody that someone made showing what our flights might look like in our progressive future. Welcome aboard, folks. We are very proud to share that your pilot is the most diverse pilot on record. She is a three foot two inch transgender pansexual Native American man who identifies as a six foot tall Korean woman. Any volunteers to help reach the controls are welcome. You will want to buckle up as her epilepsy is often triggered by the flashing lights in the cockpit. Remember to keep a whisper volume level as she may have to consult instructional videos as a refresher during the flight. Now, can we get a big cheer for diversity? Okay, you can cut it, Carl. What you're hearing right there is the plane crashing. Oh, my gosh. I mean, the whole thing, like, goes up in flames. And I'm not trying to make light of anybody who has, like, epilepsy or anything like that. Obviously, that's very serious. But did you, I'm just so tired of all of this DEI crap. Well, I mean, in this particular case, people think, oh, you're blowing this out of proportion. But, folks, we're not. No, we're not. We're, I, I, no. Can, can we play this soundbite we've got here? Cut number 11. This is the... Chief Executive Officer of United Airlines, just in case you're wondering how they're hiring pilots moving forward. How is diversity and diversity targets working into the Aviate Academy? We have committed that 50% of the class of, of the classes will be women or people of color. Uh, today, only 19% of our pilots at United Airlines are women or people of color. And by the way, from all the data I've seen, that's the highest of any airline in the country. White males don't just dominate in the cockpits, also in the C-suite at United Airlines. Well, look, at United, I'm proud of the diversity that we actually have in our, our C-suite. I think if you look around corporate America. Correct me if I'm saying, though, so I, this is just based off your website, the people you list as executives, but out of 11 people, three are women. I believe one is a person of color. Um, that's correct. Um, but, you know, in corporate America, I think, you know. That's a low bar. How do you yeah. raise your own bar? Well, a lot of this is, you know, focusing on it. We have uh, programs to, one of the things we do is for every job when we do an interview, we require women and people of color to be involved in, in the interview 
process, bringing people in early in their careers um, as well, uh, and giving them those opportunities uh, and creating a stronger band. This is a liberalism is a mental illness. Mm -hmm. Let me state that very clearly. If you think that's okay, what he just described, you you you're sick. Yeah. You're, You're sick and twisted. Yeah. I've seen some of these airlines posting pictures of an all female crew and bragging about it. Again, maybe all those women are absolutely qualified, but that why is it why is it necessary so, to tout that as you're you're so successful as an airline because you have an all female crew? So so I can see I, I, I see where the argument comes from here, right? Um why are there not more black players in the in the National Hockey League? Why? Because they're not exposed to it at a young. It's an expensive sport to get because involved in. Because hockey is racist, Mark. You That's have, why. No, you have to have <laughs> access to ice. You have to have all these other things. And there have been programs to try to get kids more involved at a younger age. I know there have. PGA, same thing. There have been programs to try to get kids involved in that particular sport at a younger age because it requires more parental participation to get them to a golf course and to do all these other things. I, I get that. When it comes to pilots... You could make the same argument. Uh, most of the, I, I shouldn't say most, a large percentage of the pilots in this country probably are former military, mm-hmm. went into the military and got their pilot training in the military. What do those numbers look like? I, I don't know. And if you want to go out as a private individual and get a pilot's license, it's not cheap mm-hmm. to do that. But But forcing race and gender into that equation instead of like trying to develop it earlier and making sure you've got the right people who have interest in it to begin with who have the right set of skills are two very different things Mm -hmm. what he's talking about is insane oh i know and i read a story the other day from from a, a from a pilot's perspective who said that with a wink and a nod the way they do this right now is if they've got somebody who was forced into the piloting program through through DEI, they they schedule it so that you've got a veteran pilot flying the plane with this person in the cockpit. So there are never two people in the cockpit that shouldn't be there at the same time. Mm-hmm. But people are retiring at a pretty high rate in the in the industry. Yeah. Who wants to be on the first airplane where you've got numb nuts number one and numb nuts <laughs> number two in the front seat of the plane? Yeah. Who? Raise your hand. I don't. No, I don't either. No. I, I mean, it, it, who, who was it um, we were laughing <clears throat> about with um, Mark Cuban, and they were saying, well, Mark, why don't you hire, who, or not hire, why don't you, um, who was it? Remember they were saying yeah. you should have so-and-so on your team? Yeah, and, yeah you should You should put a, a, a four-foot, one-inch Asian midget on the NBA <laughs> team and see how you, you can diversify the nuggets Yeah, that's that racist. Way, who, why are we not diversifying the NBA, the NFL? In fact, Put more. I would like to see a woman who's like four eleven. I would like to see her on, um, you know, playing in the NFL. Yeah, I think they. Why? Should probably why can't she be a linebacker? <laughs> That's sexist to not let her play yeah. in that position just because she's a woman. Who cares? I mean, the, the ridiculousness of it. Like, why is it? Why is it so necessary to have this DEI stuff infiltrated in, say, flights with these planes? But it's totally—it doesn't matter when it, you talk about sports. No, nope, because they're making too much money that, that way. But, well, but they exactly. can do that. They can. Do well, that, they but, are doing it, but they're it's being ridiculous. Forced to do it. They're being forced to do but it. But how do people who support this nonsense? How do they not see the hypocrisy in that? I, I don't. I that's don't think my. They care. That's my question right there. It, it's about. 
it's about equity, not equality. Yeah, and let me just say this. So Boeing, obviously we have ties to Boeing. There was this post that said Boeing's corporate filings with the SEC revealed that in the beginning of 2022, the annual bonus plan to reward the CEO and executives for increasing profit for shareholders and prioritizing safety was changed to reward them if they hit these DEI targets. And keep in mind, the targets of the world with all of this woke stuff that we saw. Remember, the reason why they didn't maybe care as much as at least they let on, but I think maybe as as, as we thought that they would was because they they assume that that the the most important part is them hitting these specific targets. What was it? SEI targets. It's basically this exact same thing. That's yeah. what they're worried about because that's what the shareholders care about. What what about when the planes start hitting the ground? Yeah, they're going to hit something. I don't know. It, it, you're right. It just shows the hypocrisy mm-hmm. of them because there's no way they'd force those same standards on the NFL. They might in the coaching ranks, but they never could on the field. Because guess what? Men and women were created different. I, I don't know if anyone needs to hear that, but just to remind everybody on this Wednesday morning, men and women are different. And I will say this really fast. I know we're running out of time. When we had friends over on uh, Saturday at our house, the guys, my husband included, decided to go outside in like two degree weather and chop wood with like an axe. Okay. The ladies stayed inside and we had wine and sat by the fire and talked. And I joked with all my friends. I'm like, if this is not proof that God created (laughs) men and women differently, like the guys want, they are willingly going outside in two degree weather to chop wood. Thank you for that recognizing sounds awful. that. Thank you for recognizing Thank you, men, for being different. Yeah, well, Thank there you, you go. We appreciate that, Kim. Somebody's <laughs> got to do it, for sure. I mean, we might do it ourselves at some point, but just say it. All right, yeah, good good point. Uh, and think about that the next time you get on an airplane. You don't know who's flying. Or Sharon plane. says age discrimination. You're right. There might be some two-year-olds who'd be interested in flying these <laughs> that's, planes. That's true. I yeah. wonder what the age minimum age is to fly an airplane. <laughs> We'll have to work on that. All right, we've uh, we've run out of music. We're going to be back in just a minute. I used to be able to play the first part of that song, Carl, with the harmonics there. So are you going to learn it? Is it what song have you picked? I, I haven't picked a song We're yet. We're holding you to this song. Yet. I'm still doing my research. I'm going to find somebody that I know is going to teach me the, the way I want to learn. I don't read music, so I'm going to have to find somebody who can give me guitar lessons and teach me to play the songs. Like, you could learn, like, I know the chords, buffet. but I just don't know. I don't read music. She didn't. The scene in Friends, you probably oh, yeah. don't know what I'm I talking don't. about, do you? I she don't. doesn't teach the chord. She's like, whatever your fingers look like when you play the chord, that's how she teaches it. So she's like, <laughs> bear claw, okay. old lady. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah, I could see that. So uh, Carl is playing Red Barchetta there. For those of you who aren't familiar with Rush, I know a lot of you will be. Kim will not. Um, heard of them, but that's all I can Red tell Bar- you. Red Barchetta describes the the after the motor laws have passed, where you're not allowed to drive internal combustion engines. He wrote this back in what the 60s or 70s, early 70s, probably 1981. Was it 81? Yeah. Okay. Carl's a music brain. Uh, anyway, uh, the, the the song is about after the motor laws have passed, when you're not allowed to drive internal combustion engines anymore. And his uncle has stored away this old red barchetta with a big engine in it out at his farm, and he steals away out there on the weekends, and he gets in it, and he starts it, and he drives it, and all of a sudden the police are on him, chasing him down for violating the motor laws. That, that'll be me someday. But it's based on a that. story from 1973, Mark. See? Nice. You knew. You knew. Okay. I, I know. I'm just saying. I mean, they, they, uh, trees, they saw, uh, Rush had so many great stories and song lyrics that uh, kind of foresaw the future. Ayn Rand's songs as well. What's that? Ayn Rand's songs as well. Yes. 
Well, I mean, seriously. That that's a that's just they such were a... very libertarian for Canadians. Yeah, e libertarians e. Uh, anyway, um, so I'm watching Fargo right now, Carl. The new season. No, I just started watching it. The original. The original, not the movie, the series. Right. So we're we're well into the first season, but uh, haven't gotten any. <laughs> Did Fargo the movie and the show have anything to do with each other? They take place in Fargo. They That's take it, place though. in Bemidji. But, sure. but there's no other connection between the two. Um, I think aside from location, it's not the, the exact same storyline. I don't believe it's the it's based on the Coen Brothers movie. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so it's, yes and no. It's not like you're going to see the characters from Fargo, even though most of them died. In that movie. kind of gave me zero clarity, but thank you for that. <laughs> Francis yes, McDormand. but no. Francis McDormand is not in She's the not series. She's not in the series. No. Mark's favorite actress. <laughs> Just because she was in that horrible movie about the woman who lived out of her car, Carl, mm-hmm. no that again wore, won all kinds of freaking awards, and I thought it was one of the worst movies I've seen. What was it called? Nomadland. Nomadland. Awful. Well, I started awful. watching The Bear yesterday. <gasps> Yes, because chef. of all the hype. Yeah, they say think, chef, chef five million times. It, it's okay. Uh, I don't know. Did you just watch one episode of well, it? Well, I'll be honest. I was watching it, and then I started prepping for the show, so I was kind of, you know, yeah. sort of paying attention. I mean, the first episode or two is interesting because he's kind of brought back into the story after his brother's death and that mm-hmm. sort of thing. It just had a sameness to it. The next four or five episodes I watched, I just didn't, I didn't get invested enough in the characters to really care about the fact that he couldn't whip the the kitchen into shape, right? He can't get them to do what he wants them to do. Mm-hmm. They make beef sandwiches, and that's all they want to do is make beef sandwiches, right? Yeah. It doesn't sound like a great storyline to me. Well, I was excited because I like, like, Chopped is one of my favorite shows. I, I love cooking shows. Okay, all right. Um, but, but this yeah. is a I know, I know, I know, I know it's very different, but I, mean, I thought maybe I would like it because it has something to do with that. I don't know. So if I understand it correctly, the, the main character, what's the actor's name, Carl? Uh, Jeremy Strong. Yeah, he, he is supposedly trained under, like, the greatest chef ever in the mm-hmm. history of the world uh, and gets dragged back into working at basically a roast beef sandwich shop but the guy who he trained under was terrible to him and it seems like that's what causes a lot of the trauma that he has jeremy strong is the guy from succession he was the main brother on succession all right this was the guy jeremy allen white that's is the bear i got got, they both won so (laughs) they both won great great actor don't get me wrong great actor but I just never cared for the series, I have to say. Fargo, though, eh? That's what made me think of it when we started going, eh? A lot of Coen Brothers they're from Canadians. Yes, exactly. All right, coming up, uh, we're going to talk to Genevieve Wood about the majority of people opposing the use of preferred pronouns in schools. Did you even know that? We'll talk to her at 720. Get more at 971talk.com. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.